These ducks aren't those ducks. These ducks have won six in a row and five of those unbelievably by way of third period comeback. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Penguins and Ducks do have a face-off tonight in Anaheim. It's a 10.08 p.m. Eastern time draw. And it'll offer this game, I believe, the Penguins' best chance, even better than the Colorado game, to establish that they're on some sort of firm footing, unlike what we saw through those first nine games, including Colorado. Because when you take the overall package, what you saw is a team that was at its default mode, Loose and sloppy and unable to score, unwilling to go to the other team's net, unwilling to defend the front of their own net. And that became the identity over that time span with the Colorado game being a glaring aberration. Well, here's what happens. You go out to the West Coast, you play the Sharks, and you do to them what everybody does to them now. Put up 10 goals, the whole deal. You start breaking everybody out of their funk. Still need to get Ricard Raquel out of his. And everybody feels a little bit better about themselves. Here's what Sidney Crosby had to say about that to reporters yesterday in Southern California. It's always more fun when you win. I don't, I don't think we come in thinking we got to win on the trip and we're done. I think uh, we know that we've done some good things and haven't got rewarded, so I think we feel good about it, but we know that uh, we got to continue, so hopefully we can, we can continue to do that it, It's just a better mind frame. It's a, it's a better place from which to operate mentally and then from there physically. Okay, great. So go out and beat the Ducks. Right? Am I right? I mean, just go out and win yourself another game on this three-game California trip. And that way, even if, and this is the way it played out last year, you get hammered in L.A., meaning by the Kings, who are really good, you can live with it. You took two out of three on the trip, and you kind of reset that that, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? The floor, you know, where you are when you really stink, you know, <laughs> the, the base goes up a little bit or, or could go up a lot. If the Penguins can go into this game against an Anaheim team that comes at you with good speed, good skill among a youthful group of forwards and the Penguins can commit to filling the middle of their rink, to defending, to turning the puck up the other way, to taking advantage of Anaheim's lapses at the other end where they aren't as good, you're going to have another set of stick taps. You're going to have something that'll take whatever you did in the San Jose game that would matter and build a little bit more onto it. I Look... I realize what I'm saying here is kind of Captain Obvious material, okay? But that's where this team is. Even after doing what they did to the Sharks, they're four and six. 
and they've got to find something that works for them. And then once they find it, they've got to really hammer it. And the latter part, I think, is what comes into question. They, they did everything perfectly. The immaculate performance against Colorado didn't matter. Two nights later, senators come in. They're missing half their blue line. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Got smoked. And that's where they, where they lose themselves. You know, I'm not suggesting that the Penguins have all this talent and all this depth to be able to, you know, instantly be regarded as some sort of contender. They're anything but that. Look at where they are in the standings. But the reason for that, the principal reason for that, is that they don't give themselves a chance to figure out if they can be that because they don't compete at that level consistently. Why? I don't know. I I can't get into their heads. I can ask them questions, and I do. They can give answers, and they do, and they can be completely honest with those answers and say, I don't know, I mean, it's not an effort. We're trying. We're da 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 But if you can't put together a performance that becomes your blueprint, that becomes the way you want to play, the identity that you want to adopt, that you need to adopt, given the age of your cast, then nobody should take you seriously. So get it started. Get it started. Last year, and I covered the the trip last year out to California, the Penguins beat the Ducks and then went across town the very next night, as often happens with the schedules out there, and just got destroyed by the Kings. If memory serves, I think it was 6 nothing, And it wasn't that close. Well, this time the Penguins have a gap. They have at least a day gap between all of these games. And after they play tonight, they're going to have tomorrow off. And then they make it over to whatever they're calling the Staples Center this week and take on a really good L.A. team. Defend. Defend. Take these two games the same way you took that challenge when the Avalanche came to town, 6-0 and and all scary and Nathan McKinnon and Miko Renton and then Kale McCarr and all this other stuff. And they even had a couple of little gimmicky things in there defensively just to keep an extra eye on McCarr. Do some of that. And that means from the head coach on down, do some of that. Start infusing that because that is the only way this stuff is going to carry some meaning. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Erica, who asks, So, Jeff Carter was single-handedly responsible for the Penguins missing the playoffs last season? Come on, DK. You could also say that if the Penguins' horrific PP1 had scored a couple more goals, as they should have, then they would have made the playoffs. Or if Tristan Jari had stopped a couple more shots, they would have made the playoffs. Carter should have been scratched last season, but that's not the reason they missed the playoffs, and his being scratched now won't be the reason that they make it. You know, Erica, you weren't the only one to take the remark that I made yesterday about Carter way too literally and in way too isolated a fashion. 
going to point out a couple of things here. First, even though I happened to agree with the person who shared this with me, the concept was broached by a listener, not by me. The listener said that if Carter had been scratched for even a handful of games or whatever, it would have made enough of a difference to put the Penguins into the playoffs. I share that sentiment. But at no point did I, or for that matter, this particular listener, say that that was the reason they didn't make the playoffs. But I'm going to say again, you weren't the only one to interpret it that way. Listen, I covered Penguins versus Rockford Icehogs, okay? That fateful last home game. Never seen anything like it. I would imagine I'll never again see something like it. Half of the Blackhawks were out of that game. They were bringing up players from the AHL for the deliberate purpose of throwing the game. Now, you don't ask the players to do that, but you can set up your roster in a certain way where you're fairly sure you're going to lose. Hawks management, please just take my word for this, because one of them talked to me after the game, were devastated by that result. They thought it was going to cost them Connor Bedard. That was before they won the lottery for which they damaged their own position that night. It was beyond disgraceful. You could take all these other examples that you gave here, Erica, and just roll them all into a ball, and it comes down to that single game against the Ice Hogs. And, you know... Carter was part of that, and so was Jari, and so was everybody else on the rink. Everybody. Sidney Crosby, you can blame for missing the playoffs. Just as a a general rule of thumb or a guideline or whatever, I don't take team sports and condense them down to either full credit or full blame to any one individual. That's crazy. It's irrational. I could argue that it's insane. I don't do it. So when you hear me bring up one player as it relates to a certain topic, it just means that's the subject I've chosen for the day. It doesn't mean that, you know, if Brian Rust puts up four points against the Sharks the other night and I do a a show on Rust, that I think Rust was single-handedly responsible for winning in San Jose. It'd be nuts. The same goes in the other direction. If I choose to talk about a game that Jari has, it doesn't mean Jari was the only one that lost it. That's just, I'm not going to speak for anybody else and how they do stuff, but that's how I do stuff. Uh, I'm not going to do complete report cards in one direction or the other after every game. That's boring. I'm going to find a subject, I'm going to focus on it, and I'm going to try to hit it as hard as I can whichever way it happens to go. I do appreciate the question. I do appreciate hearing from you and others on the subject because then I have a chance to clarify it. Let's do this again tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.